0: Welcome to this week's marketing show. We're so excited to welcome Dr. Cindy Gordon today, CEO and founder of Sales Choice Inc. She's a change maker, Forbes Media Thought Leader, a well-published author, and on and on we could go, Cindy. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, Melissa, and really uh, welcome to be here. And thank you, Rick, for inviting me. I'm um, just looking forward to our conversation, and I love your energy. Whoa. You go go.
1: <laughs> We 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 try. We, we speed up the video in production, but nobody knows that. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I want to add, uh, you've written 14 books, okay? And I think uh, you know, a bunch of them may be behind you there. You were also 2022 uh, selected top 10 revenue management uh, software solutions. So there's got to be some energy in what you're doing. And I thought if you could share with our audience today... You know, what does sales choice do? Just give us a framework, if you can, of what you guys do there. And then we'll get into kind of revenue generation, uh, methodology, strategy, predictability, and all those great things.
0: Oh Well, I think um, the idea germinated because I saw for many years, I was always wondering why sales professionals don't, don't all meet their sales quotas. And I kept seeing the same problem. The same problem was 20% of the sales reps usually in organizations are lobbed off the middle tier are mediocre and then you've got the top 20% that typically help make the plan and we train everybody we try to recruit the right people we onboard them and why are there variances well one of the things that I've learned in my research is that 30% of sales professionals suffer from attention deficit disorder Could you start
1: again? I'm not paying attention. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's a a very serious point. And what what we do not know we don't design software that reflects that learning dynamic. And we don't manage to that dynamic either as sales leaders. And we don't often train sales manager how to adjust their leadership style based on cognitive dissonance. The human condition, before we get into what we do, our attention span has declined to less than I think it's seven seconds as a human race. So, so're moving so we're moving into a period where less is more, oh. and the design of how we build our practices and processes need to be far more simplified. So the sales professional is probably one of the most significant professions we have in the world because they drive revenue and growth. All of the other infrastructures, and from my perspective, are enablers to help them you know, get that goal um, over the goal line. So we built a software platform on using Salesforce data sets that we could get to levels of over 90% predictive accuracy using cognitive analytics. And what I mean by that is we prioritize everything into A, Bs, and Cs. So you think about it you know, you've got the, all the historical knowledge on the win plays, it's just like seeing a the, the computer becomes a giant chessboard, and it shows you what to do what not to do. And it gives you that foresight. Uh, so we have playbooks that are well designed to get you to hopefully President's Club. And we've got clients that are They no longer have to do the old world of sitting down and drilling everybody on their forecast. They just press a button and say, "Okay, you know, it's 95 percent. We're going to land there. And they also won't accept the inputs from the sales professionals and let us best vetted by the AI software. Uh, So we have one company now that, you know, sales choice makes all the decisions. Now, what that means for the salesperson is, is that. When they wake up in the morning, and obviously these are bigger pipes. I mean, they have to be chasing thirty to fifty deals uh, minimum. They're not for you got one account, right? Um, it's really for you know more commercial. I'd call it sales that have got a lot of volume. So that's what we've done. It's all about ending revenue uncertainty and driving growth, but very carefully designed from a science uh, perspective. And I think that's been one of the missing links in often sales professions is that we don't have enough scientific uh, rigor into the operating practices.
1: Well, Cindy, I can't agree with you more like, you know, having been a sales rep and sit in those forecasting meetings and been a sales leader and trying to squeeze a percentage of probability out of a sales rep that, you know, is really looking to grease me as the leader that this is going to happen. And, you know, as you as you listen to Cindy today, if you're a Salesforce customer, you probably already know her solution. And this is why we want to have her on. If you're not, you might want to get to know her, but I want you to know as a listener or viewer that Cindy comes from a sales role. She's not just a technical person. And, uh, you know, we both share a very fond uh, memory and starting point in our careers at Xerox Corporation, which taught us to be not just great business people, but good people and uh, do the right thing. Hey, when it comes to revenue forecasting and and, uh, revenue uncertainty, like what do you think it is that most businesses are missing? In that area, and, and why does that occur in today's environment?
0: Well, I think, um, in most of the environments today, I think people have really struggled with getting the quality of data into their CRM software infrastructures. And that's a systemic issue. Um, you know, so you've got different behaviors of different reps, and, and part of it is that we haven't trained our sales managers to understand that data is king. So we ask a lot of questions, and we drill, 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 right, Uh, to vet. And sometimes we put those questions into workflow logic. And yet we ask way too many questions that really aren't necessary. So I think there's pathways to win. And often, you know, because we focus on large data sets, you know, there is a centrifugal force within the data there is an estimated timeframe for that particular sales type. We know that intuitively a certain product, certain industry is is maybe more prime for that type of solution, they have more maturity. And so what we've learned is is that with large data sets, I mean, large, large companies, uh, you can get to incredible accurate perspectives, not just on the renewals, but also on the net new. Um, And so what's missing is I think there's a gap in digital literacy. Rick uh, and Melissa, within mm-hmm. training sales professionals, it's not just in sales; it's at board of directors, it's at C-suite levels. So they understand the language of data, and they understand the uh, the language of AI, uh, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, all the business processes are going to have an AI underpinning. It doesn't matter if you're small, medium, or large. You may not have the data, but you'll import the data if you're small business, or you'll purchase a solution. So we're going through, you know, just like we went through with, um, you know, let's say radio, Melissa, right? (laughs) Or television. We are going through a very major sea change right now. And so the missing piece to me is understanding data is your most strategic asset. Some people like to call it as the new oil. I don't like that analogy because I think it's far too narrow because oil is a scarce resource. I'd rather say that AI is the new air Mm -hmm. and it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you give us an example about a business that implemented what you suggested and and some of the outcomes that they had? Sure, well, there's a couple. um, Most of the cases are on our website uh, as well, but I'll talk about Pure later because um, they're a $2 billion company. Um, Our software runs for small business, inside sales, mid-market, and also enterprise commercial accounts. So in that case, we've built uh, four AI models that are unique to those different lines of, of business and opportunity types. And we're getting to levels um, sometimes of over 90% predictive accuracy on, on outside sales, averaging well over 78 to 80% on all scenarios. So it's not just, what is my what am I gonna land in the next week? It's the next quarter, six months out, because we can see the full volume. And the, with AI, it learns over time, right? So, you know, B2B, the, the, the market that shifted as you we went from COVID, you know, where all of a sudden the volume went up in B2C, and B2B went down, right, because Amazon was very happy. And, and obviously that makes is start to shift as, as consumers are returning to retail. The AI picks up on all the trends, right, and predicts outcomes. We also have a very visible lens on data completeness, which is really cool, because I learned very early that, you know, I'd see what the predictions were in the models, and I'd sit down with our scientists, and I'd say, okay, guys, you know, what's wrong here? And so we built di- views that are idiot-proof, right? Here's here's Rick. Here are all the most critical fields in the the data set. And this is his percentage count. And his area is red, like those good old dashboards in Xerox. Red, yellow, green. Red, yellow, green. So we brought those to life within the application. Um, We have another client, um, um, Net2Phone. Uh, They're actually an Ottawa-based company, more mid-market. They were acquired by IDT, uh, which is a telco. But in their particular case, what we have there is... um, The sales um, leader is is very astute And what um, she was doing is that every morning in her sales cadence reviews, she would just bring up the data completeness view. And so she was leading from a data first and they got to levels of 99% data accuracy. And in that instance, we're still running at 97, but they built a culture data first. Mm. Don't talk to me. I can see your fields. And you know what? You are not in good shape. And so she just drove that adrenaline. Uh, And then another uh, one would be RL Datix, which they're a a larger entity. um, And they're in the health sciences business, or I'd call it health uh, compliance business software. And a very astute, um, John Sells, uh, uh, former Dell uh, sales ops leader, the science got so accurate that it didn't matter what a rep said, Rick, it's almost unheard of he'd say, sorry, not going into commit, off, 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 off. And um, so either it lined up with the AI agents or it didn't. So my point is, is that the world's getting, uh, these systems are getting smarter and smarter. And as we mature in data literacy, uh, it'll be a very different game in sales. And, And I've been saying for quite some time that sales professionals need to be more digitally literate and data literate. And as much as we like to think, it's relationship first. And believe me, I come from that background. I now know that there's a science and it's extremely reliable. It's like the centrifugal force of physics. Yeah. And then you're dealing with outliers and your odds just diminish. Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, I think those are the, some of the things that are missing. Uh, obviously, it always goes back to leadership, Rick. Uh, in all sincerity, you know? yeah,
1: you know what we're seeing, and we work with um, like a, a wide range of b two b salespeople. So we can certainly, this is why I wanted to have you on is because sales leaders, you know, you got supply chain on the top end. Never mind the forecasting. I mean, it's just a it's a it's a mess right now. And I think uh, you know in the old school days, even today, for those that haven't adopted a data first mentality, you know, the 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 position of the deal sits so really between the sales rep and the customer, the company has low visibility or predictability like you're talking about. And I think, you know, the AI that you speak of, we're seeing creep into all different areas of sales and marketing. And, you know, you referenced in some of your posts, I, I saw you're talking about a chief data scientist, like more organizations are gonna need that type of role. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more, like sales reps that don't live within the data to understand how to make data driven decisions, I think are are, are gonna get passed by those that can understand the different pockets of data, assemble them in a meaningful model, use AI for predictability and workflow and all those things. I just, I I thought we were singing the same song and that's why I wanted to have you on today. So, you know, I think if there's one thing, if I was to ask you, um, what what would you like if I'm a sales, professional I'm a I'm a business leader, I'm a sales leader, I'm a marketing leader watching today. Cindy, what given your like broad experience, obviously with Salesforce as the backbone, what would you suggest people do?
0: I think the first thing is to um, ensure that you build a culture that values data. Um, we like to say we make data speak. I think that, there's it's really an inspection process and sales professionals that are really good will inspect but the cadence and the questions they ask they have to change right yeah so you know you have to step back and use the term earlier methodology right like we have to step back and look at all the practices and processes and ensure that if we're going to build an ai enablement layer around those that we really take seriously the, um, the changes in leadership questions, the cadence, the performance metrics. And, and um, you know, it, it's like with any major change, it's got to ebb and flow into all kinds of different operating frameworks, right? Mm-hmm. Probably the, the other most important point is to recruit people that are more analytically inclined. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not always been, you know, top of the food chain when it comes to the type of people you need in sales, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that sometimes the math skills aren't as strong. Mm -hmm. And so I do think you need to think about the the hiring profile for the future. If you can't read a histogram, for example, you will have a hard time with AI. Mm -hmm. And I found that basic statistics is definitely a major gap in many sales professionals learning, understanding what a correlation means um, what variance means, uh, what modality means. Um, so you have to train people right on the language of statistics. Um, so, you know, I like kind of going back to that digital literacy point, but it honestly, it's, it's not a one trick pony, uh, Rick. Mm-hmm. You have to step back mm-hmm. and build an or- overall, I call it organizational um, transformation and look at all the practices. And you and I both know the importance of role modeling and leadership. You, yeah. can bring, you can bring the best methodologies to bear. You can bring the best software, but if you don't role model the leadership behaviors and the conversations and, you know, those uh, weekly reviews or those account reviews,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, the rest is, you know, just insight that nobody's really, um, you know, harnessing. Yeah.
1: No, there's definitely a human component that has to bridge with, you know, the, the, the data and the technology and, you know, the digital competency, but, you know, Just in closing, because I wanted to, you know, reinforce what you just said, because I would hazard to guess very few sales leaders interviewing or looking for sales, you know, professionals right now have questions around how they're using data in their current role to, you know what I mean? Whether it's to start, advance, monitor, measure, that would be a great question, I think, for a sales leader, because we're not talking about today's sales rep. We're, We're not just talking about today. We're talking about a sales rep next year, the year after and, you know, one of the things that I, I do agree with from your writings is that, you know, COVID pushed us in a digital way that we have never seen before. And that's just been wind in our sales as a marketing agency, as an online training business in your model with AI. So I just want to thank you very much for uh, jumping on today. I know you've been very successful with uh, what you're doing um, you. and, uh, you know, Salesforce is de facto standard in, in many uh, people's eyes. So thanks for uh, joining us today to share so Melissa what if someone wanted to get a hold of uh, dr Cindy Gordon what would they do
0: Cindy There's, I would send them over to LinkedIn connect with you on LinkedIn very uh, that's an easy pathway or just simply Cindy at saleschoice.com and obviously you can just you know find us on the internet ww.saleschoice.com very easy or buy one of your books that's. true. <laughs> They're not necessarily about sales, they're about, the last one was on artificial intelligence and the AI dilemma, uh, creating a perfect world or a perfect storm. So I've been pretty active in the AI ethics community uh, as well. So I'm not a believer in black box AI. It's, uh, it's really more around uh, being able to understand what's happening in the data set so that people are in control. Awesome. Well, thank
1: you so much. We could do a whole other show on that with you. Um, We absolutely could. Thank you. And congrats on what you're doing. Thanks for being a guest on The Marketing Show.
0: Thanks. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.